Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's a good thing. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you want to stay updated on all the good headlines that's going on in our state, maybe not all, all is a very big, <laughs> inclusive word, but a lot of the good headlines that are going on in our state, then you need to be part of the Good Things Facebook group. We work really hard every day to find those unique, positive stories uh, that are feature Mississippi or Mississippians or just something fun in general and post those there. And so this morning I was scrolling through and the I guess on my feed from Mississippi State Parks, there was a wonderful story about a couple who got engaged right where they met, which was in front of the sign at Trace State Park. They met there eight years ago, which I'm, I'm not sure the story of how future Mr. and Mrs. Corey Horn met in front of the sign at Trace State Park, but... I guess fast forward eight years later and Corey proposed to her in that same spot earlier this week. And so wishing them all the joy and happiness. And I don't know what their, I guess, wedding plans look like, but I do know that there's a lot of good sites on our Mississippi State Parks to have a little intimate and fun and beautiful wedding. So I think that would be really cool if they somehow, I mean, even though Trace State Park is now very much part of their love story i don't know if it will be their site of their wedding but it totally it totally could be i went to a wedding at at the roosevelt state park so it's it's definitely not out of out of question but well the only problem if you have your wedding at the same place you met then you're kind of out of options for your anniversary this is true you could always make it a a yearly thing, I guess if you wanted to go and and hang out maybe just the big ones like the first and the Tenth and don't they have they have names, don't they? Like the Your paper anniversary. anniversary oh, it's like, yes, it goes by year. It goes by year. Oh yeah, I don't. I if you follow that high five and hugs because the only one I remember is I think it's the fiftieth and that's golden. There, maybe 25th is silver. I can't remember. I know 50 is your golden. If you make it there, it's it's supposed to be gold. But we never followed those for, for anniversaries. But, hey, kudos to Corey, though, for at least being creative enough to find somewhere memorable to to pop the question. You know, not all couples probably want where they met 
as where they got engaged. Just throwing that out there, where they get engaged. But, or get married at where they met, probably too. But, uh, there than other. But I think that's a really cool. At least cool, there'd be live music for some. There, there, there would be live music and, you know, the biggest cash bars you have ever you know, seen and there's even a cover charge to get into your to your shindig. I mean, that's how cool cool you may or <laughs> or may not uh, may not be. But anyway, really interesting story. You can go and give them a like. And then two congratulations to the new Tomato Queen. It's a Tomato fe- Festival season there in Crystal Springs. Each year they kick off by crowning a new Tomato Queen who will go off for the year and uh, be a good representative not only for the state. I mean, for the state obviously, but also for the town. And for tomatoes, and Miss Lindsay Willett, you can see her lovely photo there too, in celebration of what's happening there in Crystal Springs this upcoming week. I had to do a double take because that tomato statue looks like a real tomato. It's a big one. That's a big old statue of a tomato. They call it Tomopolis for a reason there in Crystal Springs. And if you have never been to the Tomato Festival, you still have ample time to plan your trip this upcoming weekend. I personally have never been, but I hear it's a tomato of a good time. I think that there is a 5K and there's a lot of other events that are packed into this weekend. And it's one of the biggest events that happens in in Crystal Springs. And they tomato everything. So they, they lean into it. They take it by the vines, and they have a good time. You know, thinking of tomatoes, though, most of us this time of year, even when we were talking back here on Good Things about Taste of Summer, you all mentioned a good old BLT or a good old just tomato sandwich or whatever. But if you took BLT out of it or tomato sandwich out of it, do you have like a go-to way of eating tomatoes? Uh, not a Minus go-to. Minus ketchup. Like, let's come on, let's think past the, but like, if you've got, you know, your tomato plants are either doing well or they're like mine and they're mean. It's one of the two. And so you have other ways of cooking tomatoes. So how do you like tomatoes minus a BLT? I haven't quite perfected the, uh, the order of operations to get it like my mom would make it. But on occasion, she would pull out the tomato pie. Where you slice the tomatoes really thin and lay them in a pie crust uh-huh. and add Greek seasoning and cheese and all that good stuff. Lisa and Clara, tomato pies. There's there's a certain series of steps you got to do in the right order for it to come out with the right consistency, and I haven't quite figured it out. And in fairness, I've only tried it twice, so maybe the third time will be the charm. But yeah, tomato pie is a it's almost a luxurious experience when it's done right. I don't know if I've ever had one. It I've is never delicious. Ha- I've never had that kind of life-changing tomato pie experience. I can promise that. I may have had a bite and didn't know what I was eating or sort of seen it, but that's not something I can say I grew up with any of my grandparents or my mom making sort of regularly. One thing I like, I guess, this, though, would be cherry tomatoes, but it's it's my show, so I can change the... <laughs> I can change the meaning, but it's still tomato, and some of you bake cherry tomatoes. I really like either sautéing or um, even roasting um, tomatoes. They get a sweet sort of, I mean, that some of the moisture does come out of it, but they really cook up kind of kind of nice, like having that not just raw, you want it sort of sautéed or roasted or, or whatever it may be. And to me, that with some zucchini and squash over non-sauced pasta, but letting the vegetables and the little bit of the olive oil be kind of the sauce, to me is a really light 
summer uh, dish that you can obviously add a protein with if you want to, but makes for an, a, you can cook a lot. And then that's like lunch for the week. And so I kind of, I like them. I like them sauteed. I think I, I, I would say that. Darren and Jackson says, me and some friends have a small bin. Oh, we'll have to look into that. And Mike from Grand Bay says, salt and eat the tomato like an apple right off the vine. I never, I'll eat raw, I mean, I'll eat raw, I'll eat raw apples. I'll eat raw tomatoes. But I don't know if I'm vine picking I don't know if I've ever bitten into a tomato like an apple. I have. I can honestly say I've never. I sliced. I will take big wedges of tomato and slice them out of a salad, like and eat big bites of tomato with salt, pepper, whatever, a little bit of ranch dressing. Pretty good. But I don't know if I've ever just sat and ate a tomato. Yeah, I never have. Or an onion. I know some throw onions in that. Like mix it, you'll eat it like an apple. It's that gives me heartburn thinking about it. The only time I ever really want raw onion, well, two times. I like diced white onions raw on street tacos. Mm-hmm. It goes really well with that. But at a good catfish house, if they come out with the hush puppies and just a plate of sliced raw white onion. Mm-hmm. There's something about the hush puppies and the fried catfish and the sweet tea and that crisp raw onion. It just works. Sounds delicious. A caprese salad is also good this time of year that can only be made with a tomato. I mean, it is it is mozzarella cheese by definition, tomato and basil. That is a caprese salad now you can drizzle your olive oil on top of it and you need a bite of all three in my personal humble opinion to get the full effect of the of the whole salad you should it should be stacked to where you take your knife and fork and cut and then you need a bite of all of it to really get it and it's not one of those it's a side like you would not make your meal out of a caprese salad in my humble opinion i'm sure somebody out there does but you can also take that and make it into like a sub or a sandwich or on like some sort of uh, hearty bread, like a hearty bread, but not hoagie bread. Uh, maybe hoagie bread, but like firm, um, like a what's the word I'm looking for? Not maybe French, fre- French crusty bread. bread, crusty bread, crusty bread. I like that one. We'll go with crusty bread, not loaf. bread. Not like a soft French loaf. No, you need something more like that a can, baguette. Yes. And, you know, if we work together hard enough, Rhino, we will always get to where my mind swirling <laughs> but a baguette or like a french whatever and it uh because you want it to be a little crusty because it's a lighter sort of thing in the middle and uh tastes absolutely delicious take a large fresh tomato cut it up in a bowl and a couple of big spoons of craft mayo salt and pepper stir it up it's delicious jim from ripley there's ways to eat tomatoes other than blts you can let us know that more coming up next
positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch on a Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find good things on YouTube. You can also watch us on Ceasefire TV if you've got that. We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And Lord, please let us have a less busy weekend here in the Magnolia State in terms of weather. You can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And then coming up on Tuesday, you got Middays with Jar Gibbert. He's going to be on the coast in Biloxi for the Mississippi Municipal League's annual meeting. Why is that a hard word, municipal? I have to think about it and really look at it and say it kind of slowly. Well, it's even tougher when it comes after a word like Mississippi. This is true. Municipal. It's like you have to like gear up. That's why they all call it MML. (laughs) You have to gear up and then you have to like roll with it. You'll hear from local leaders from all across the state as they talk about the future of the Magnolia State. That'll be 10 for 1. 10 to 1 coming up on on Tuesday. On the C Spire text line, though, you guys are rolling with how to eat your maters other than in a BLT. One said they called me mater growing up because I would eat one like an apple off the vine, and you still do that at the age of uh, 36. And then someone else mentioned a panzanella salad. is also a very good use for tomatoes. It's made from day-old bread, which would be your crunchier bread. You could use a garlic bread. would be really delicious. Cut it up into pizza. pizza. It's Friday, y'all. Pieces. Cut the bread into pizza. (laughs) The bread into pizza. Yeah, I guess tomatoes go on that. From swords to plowshares, from (laughs) bread to pizza. (laughs) We just skipped a whole lot of things in the middle. And then tomatoes, salt, and sort of cut it up up with onions, cucumbers. You can add some other things and look it up, panzanella salad, and it's absolutely delicious. So I did a quick search of, like, what else you could do with your tomatoes. Y'all, there's actually folks who put them in smoothies. If that's you, I don't want to hear about it. That seems extremely... Ah, interesting. But one I came across is tomato infused butter. And I thought, huh, and then sort of using it as a spread. So I'm thinking of more of like a pesto, but not pesto because that's obviously pesto. But it's I could see that with like sun dried tomatoes or if you roasted some tomatoes. So they tell you that you should take a pint of cherry tomatoes, some fresh thyme, salt and pepper, and then obviously butter at room temperature. But you will roast or I guess bake your tomatoes first with get a little char on and get a little char on them and where they're a little juicier and then you put the room temperature butter and that all into a uh, blender or a mixer and then you obviously are just mixing it uh, well together and then you store it and then you have like a spread that's got that uh, roasted the second best tomato. part about compound butter besides using it because it's delicious is putting a big pile of it on the piece of saran wrap and then rolling it up like a sushi roll and then doing like the chefs do where you you grab either end and roll it to get it into a log Mm -hmm. but when you're doing that you're also sealing the ends of the saran wrap so you just have this log o compound butter stick that in the fridge it re-solidifies as butter like you normally have in the fridge and you just slice off a pad of it and put it on anything you can put it on pasta you can put it on a steak you can put it on chicken breast 
It's sounds, delicious. Sounds absolutely amazing. Darren and Jackson's mom would crush up tomatoes and knead it into her pizza crust. Number one, kudos to your mom for making pizza crust from scratch because that's cool and delicious. You could use tomatoes, though, like not in a not in a sauce or a paste on homemade pizzas. It's a more frou-frouer kind of way of having pizza. I mean, you don't even have to really, but it, it is frou-frou-esque. It's in the same vein as frou-frou, but you can do it without the frou-frou price. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, grocery store... You're going to see the the flatbreads. Mm-hmm. They they hardly ever sell before the the Best Buy date, so you can usually find them in the clearance section. So you can get a couple flatbreads for a couple bucks. Go over to the cheeses, get you a, a a package of the already broken up crumbles of feta cheese. You you're probably going to have some oil at home. Like you can use any kind of oil, but olive oil is going to be the best. Peanut oil works pretty good, but olive oil is better. So you got the flatbread, the feta, the oil, Greek seasoning, cherry tomatoes, slice them up, put the oil on the flatbread, sprinkle the feta, put the tomatoes on there, salt, pepper, Greek seasoning, whatever you want to do. Pop it in the oven until the feta's melted and a little browned. It's delicious. It's a great little flatbread pizza. It sounds amazing. Jim from Ripley can't forget tomato gravy. No, you cannot. It's absolutely delicious as well so there's a lot of different ways that we can celebrate the tomato this summer rather than not taking away from the good old blt or just a good old major sandwich those have their place forever and ever and amen but there are other things that we can do with the tomatoes that you'll either start picking off the vine and going oh my god what am i gonna do with these and then you try to find folks to give them away to and you can't and then it's like, what else? And I really appreciate those that have the um, tradition of taking like the last batch of tomatoes or even the first batch or a big batch and making that sauce that you'll use throughout the year. I think that's really special and really cool. I mean, it's time intensive and it's, you know, something that not everybody has this. I won't say the skills, just the experience of doing and then canning it or putting it up. But it is really good. Well, I mean, anything involving cooking or in the kitchen, whether it be cooking or canning or anything else like that, unless you have some experience with it or were taught by an older generation or a mentor, it's just like anything else in life. It can be intimidating to take that first step. It can be a little scary to to risk messing it up just to give something a try. But with something like tomatoes, they're ubiquitous, and it's not like you're—it's not like you're buying a golden tomato. It's tomatoes. You can get them for relatively cheap. So take that step. Try something different. Variety's the spice of life. I would think the first step would be trying the sauce, and then if you got it down to what you liked, then do the canning sort of process. Canning is one of those things that feel, and with gardening, it feels like you—it's handed down. Now, yes, you can one hundred percent. Start a new tradition within your family and be the one that learns how to can or garden or whatever it may be. But it feels like those are the things that you don't know how you learned it other than by watching it or just being alongside the elders in your home doing it. But many who are successful at the canning or just pick it up, it's because somebody 
took the time or they were helping during the summers, helping grandma or their aunties or whoever it may be, canning the, you know, the peaches or canning the, um, at this, at this time, I was trying to think all the jams and jellies. Musky dime jelly. And all of the, um, tomato things, putting up the snap, um, the string beans and the peas and the corn and, which you don't really can those as much as you would free, you would shuck them and, uh, peel them I mean, and you freeze. you can pickle them. You can pick them. Yes. Pickle. Pickle. Oh, pickle. Correct. And then the cucumbers, the whole pickling sort of, uh, process. It is, it, if you had, like when my grandfather, uh, left us and we went and cleaned out because our grandmother was still with us. Their little shed for the two of them behind their little house on one or two acres had enough canned and preserved veg- fruits, vegetables, and pickles to have lasted them as a couple for probably five years. No lie. No joke. And they kept adding to it every single year. I had string beans for years off of in the little court, whatever the courts. And it was sad to see the last one go away, but you wanted to, you didn't want to throw it away and you wanted to eat it. Right. It it is crazy to think with a little dirt, a little water, a little sunshine, a few seeds, and the right know-how, you can put up a tremendous amount of food for sweat equity, absolutely, but for very little that can last you for a long, long, long time. Assuming, which we just learned over losing power, especially with the deep freeze thing, keeping electricity. Yeah. Because a lot of theirs was also frozen corn, peas, that kind of thing. Your favorite preserved or jarred, pickled, not pickled, but put up. I mean, my mom's freezer pickles will probably always be the best to me, but I do enjoy a good. Canned thing. That's the word I was looking for. I mean, home canned. Home canned is using a mason jar. That's why it's always funny that we're canning it, but it's in a jar. Yes. I was saying, what's the right word for this? I would have to say my favorite is probably homemade peach preserves, where you literally just have peaches. You slice them up. You put them in the biggest pot you can find, and you just pour sugar over it and boil them down until they're just delicious goodness to put on toast. So I was well into my marriage before my in-laws let me in on freezer jam that their aunt makes. I'm like, I don't know. Did I finally pass the threshold that I was going to stick around in the family long enough? But freezer jam, strawberry freezer jam, hits different on your biscuit than just regular old jam off the shelf. I don't know what it is about the freezer part, but it is amazing. All right, it's Friday. We got movies with Tanya coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
just it's the wrong flash the flash theme song doesn't really sound like a theme song so i went with the next best thing flash gordon well i'll take it i knew it it was totally like it gave itself away which is always i love an easy answer <laughs> on a friday with tanya and movies because i probably i was sitting here like i am never even going to remotely get this until they said <laughs> did you know what it was by chance i did and the funny thing is we my whole family went to see the movie again sunday and on the way home, I started singing that. And I'm like, wait, that's fla- that's the wrong flash, isn't it? And we had to think through it. Otherwise, I I wouldn't have remembered right. it. So it was good enough to go see again. Is it doing well in the box office? You know, it's doing respectably, but uh, all of the press tries to bash the numbers just because it was like $100 million to make it, and it brought in like $65 million. It was number one. Um, so I think with continuing weekends plus, you know, worldwide box office, I, it'll be fine in the end. But right now it's kind of considered not a flaw, but just didn't do as well as they had hoped. Gotcha. Well, what's coming up this weekend? Well, this weekend we've got two big new releases. Um, one is the latest Wes Anderson movie, and the other is a raunchy rated R comedy. <laughs> So Just call it like you yeah. see it. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I do, I'm not going to see the uh, the R movie. Yeah. Um, Turn on Netflix and see all the boobies you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> but it's called No Hard Feelings, and it's got Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and from you know what I'm hearing, she really earns her money in this movie. But the premise of it is you've got these. Um, I guess kind of helicopter parents that try to help their son with every piece of his life. And he's about to go away to college and has never really had a social life, never had a girlfriend. And so they put an ad on Craigslist to hire a girlfriend for him. And Jennifer, who is in her 30s in the movie, this child is 18, which I know is an illegal, uh, is legally an adult, but. Gross. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. Um, and she's desperate for money. Um, I think she's like an Uber driver and she has no car that's working. So I think the deal is. So does his parents take them out on dates for him? (laughs) Drops them off? But the deal is she's going to do this help get get him out of his shell for college so that she can get a car so that that's the premise of it it's a terrible premise <laughs> well as a mother of an 18 year old i think i just as a woman I don't going go out of her it. 30s i don't yeah. want to see it no 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 me either um and i have not read one article about this movie that has not had the word raunchy in the first sentence so well, it's just not my jam no but it's out there if it is your jam i would imagine teenage boys are probably going to love it and <laughs> that that's who's you know young adult men are probably we will go see it well let them have fun then. yeah <laughs> but the other one is asteroid city uh this is the latest from wes anderson and if you love wes anderson movies he's clearly has a style this one is no different it his movies are so unique and so beautifully shot um, but this is the story of it's it's kind of a play it's on screen it's kind of weird so it's like a television show talking about a play and they show it to you as if you're in the television audience watching the play if that Hmm. makes sense it's very very interestingly done um but it's about a group of teenagers 
that are all really smart and they're um, stargazers and they've all set in the 1950s. Let me start with that. They all have uh, inventions or have done something incredible in the science world and they're all coming together to this celebration in Asteroid City to win I mean, to accept some awards for all of their efforts. But while they're there, they actually encounter an alien invasion. And because of that, they're quarantined. And so it's just the things that happen during that quarantine. Uh, But just, I mean, a laundry list of people in it. Um, You've got Scarlett Johansson, um, Jason, Jason Schwartzman, Tom Hanks. Jeffrey Wright, Steve Carell, Tilda Swindon, Brian Cranston, Ed Norton, who shows up in a lot of his movies, Adrian Brody, Liv Schreiber, Hope Davis, Steve Park, Maya Hawke, and the list goes on and on, Matt Dillon. So um, a great cast. It is PG-13. Your older kids might, might be interested in it, but... You know, younger definitely have no interest, but it's really a fun movie. It's cool. Have uh, you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. And um, it's one of those that uh, it didn't disappoint, but I'm a huge fan of his work. So I think if you've never liked Wes Anderson movies, you're probably not going to like this one. Uh, it's that same kind of deadpan delivery. You know, every actor is kind of serious um, and Anyway, so you yeah. kind of know what you're going to get when you get in it. But the, I thought the storyline was, w- w- I mean, the plot was very good, and the way it's presented was very interesting. Well, so. I think there's options out there, and there's still a lot going on. I hear Spider-Man's still doing yeah. exceptionally well, as well as some of the others. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are still going back to see Spider-Man again. That might have affected some of the people that would have seen The Flash. Um, but yeah, I would definitely still recommend The Flash, Spider-Man. You've got Elemental still out there. Transformers. Transformers is still out there. Um, so there, Fast X is still out there. So there's a little something for everybody. Um, and then next weekend is a big one. We've got Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So that's going to be I hear huge. you get to see him shirtless at 80. Oh, interesting. I saw it on, a, <laughs> on an interview where they were like, because I think that's like an iconic scene because he's not very... Yeah showy you know like yeah. he's obviously been attractive and fit but there was always that one scene in all indiana jones where somehow he ends up you know sweating and topless yeah and so they said they held true to it to, to for him and, and you know in this one and on all his 80s glory so. oh that's fun he's having quite a year i mean he's got that and he's got a tv series that's doing really well a couple of tv series um it'll be interesting to see if he passes the torch or if this yeah if there will be a spinoff or if this is it well, and you know, there was the one that came out a few years ago um, with Shia LaBeouf, and that was supposed to, I think, be the new um, spin on it, and he got into all of his trouble, and so nothing ever really came of it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then Phoebe Waller-Bridges, uh, I'm, I don't know if that's the right Phoebe. I get them mixed up. But anyway, she's playing like... 
uh, his god niece or goddaughter or something like that. And she's a great actress. So this I think they'll time, be great together. They've been looking for the Holy Grail. Is that like the whole thing or is it the different things in different? No, they found that in the last crusade. They found that one in the last crusade. Because I know the little snippet I saw is him saying, I've been looking for this my whole life. And I'm like, uh, what has been strung through yeah. the whole thing this whole time? And, you know, will he find it? Will he not? Like how it will end? To me, that will be an interesting one of like, how does it end for him? Yeah. Well, it's certainly... Is it based on anything, like a book or whatever? It's just just a series that came out of somebody's mind for a movie, ran I with it? I think so, yeah. Spielberg and George Lucas teaming up. Got it. So there was never, like, there's no way to know, like, there's not a book that sort of already tells you semi what it'll do. It'll end. Yeah, nothing I'm aware of. Mm. So I hope he finds it and then doesn't get buried with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that they would be awful. They can't kill him. That would be awful. He's 80. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, next weekend is a new animated movie, Teenage Kraken. So, you know, if you're trying to to catch up on movies, go ahead and knock out Elemental this weekend and knowing that that one's coming. I've seen so many um, trailers for it, and it just does not look good to me. I don't know. It's just something about it just doesn't appeal so. Is there like a standard for it to be not a flop? Uh, I mean, basically. Somebody's got to come in last. Right. I mean, basically, as long as you make a pretty nice profit. I so think, as long as you yeah. pay for yourself plus some, yeah. then it's considered it did okay. Yeah. But, you know, even like talking about The Flash, you know, it, it's I'm sure going to more than make over $100 million, But they also like look at it compared to other superhero movies you know so there were all kinds of ways they measure it but i think bottom line for the studios is the money well i would think that exactly i mean if it didn't cost you anything and you made the return on your investment that shouldn't be considered a flop because if everybody's getting back out and going to the movies that's a good thing but somebody has to come in yeah somebody's coming in last yeah which, I mean, you feel bad for them, but it's it has to happen. That's right. All right. Well, there's plenty to go see. Let nobody come in last. Everybody go out and <laughs> go see a movie and see where the chips fall. But uh, thank you for your time, Tanya. And you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Hope you've downloaded that. You can also find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us, too. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And Aaron and Meridian, who is looking forward to the Indiana Jones next weekend, also recommends Extraction 2 on Netflix. And I saw where uh, FUBAR, um, what's it, Arnold Schwarzenegger's, came out 
uh, on first for series. And again, whenever you think of him, it's a really cute series. So I also say if you're looking for something to watch throughout the weekend and like that kind of thing, I think it's a, a cute one as well. You know, often here on Good Things, Rhino, we talk, I find these headlines about dream jobs. And they pay stupid amounts of money for average everyday things. Well, here's one. One got pulled after it got put out there and it got over 2,000 applications like that. You want to know why? And I'm surprised I didn't see him put my application in. They were going to pay $127,000 a year to be a dog nanny. To one dog. It was a British recruitment agency. It had to pull a listing for a dog nanny that would make $127,000 a year because of the 2,000-plus applicants that came in too quickly. And so Fairfax and Did Kingston, they put the comma in the wrong place or the nope. people offering it just that freaking wealthy that they didn't realize that's life-changing money? Posted a position online for a dog nanny to live with the family and, in quotes, ensure the overall well-being, happiness, and safety of their dogs. So, excuse me, maybe there is multiple dogs. The posting said the chosen caretaker would be responsible for feeding, exercising, training the dog, coordinating and overseeing all veterinary appointments, vaccinations, and health checkups, which are probably like once or twice a year. $127,000 a year would also require the nanny to accommodate the dogs during domestic and international travels. Oh, shucks. Ensuring their comfort and safety throughout the journey. This is the first role we've offered of its kind. The salary connected to it's pretty unheard of, but they wanted to make sure they got top-notch dog nannies. So, there you go. But it's been pulled because they have plenty of our applications to go through. Can you imagine if you Six land that? Six figures to do something people do for free. Who actually just have a dog? Yeah. I mean, I get it. If you're wealthy, like uber wealthy, and you want a nanny for your kids, and you want them to actually be kept alive and fed and you know all the things. Like, I get that. I just got that quote. Is it Arrested Development? Where the lady's like, how much could a banana cost? $20? It's like... But $127,000 for a dog watcher, dog nanny. I mean, somebody out there. That then gets to travel internationally with the animals. Correct. I mean, I like radio, but sign me up. Well, now that I think about it, you go to some of those European cities, there's not a whole lot of greenery where you, you got to walk the dog in like downtown Rome. It's like, uh, where can they go? Well, there's a lot of people right now who have um, who live in neighborhoods. I think I've even heard Borky talk about the na- their neighborhood ordinances who where if your dog's outside your yard and they go, you've got to pick it up and take it with you. So, I mean, people are doing that. It's part of their dogly owner duties. You know, you pay me $127,000, I'll slip on glove and pick up just about anything. Maybe not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I'm sure it's not as not all things that glitter is gold, but that's definitely one. If you're in your a right stage of life, you're like a transitional stage or maybe you're taking that gap year between college and like the real world or whatever. This is like a gold long gap year for one hundred twenty seven thousand a year. I'd have about five or six <laughs> gap years. <laughs> And then I'd be set. Be like, y'all can have the dog back. I'm going to retire. I'm going to figure out my yeah. I'm going to completely go and figure out my life. But then, what do you what do you spend your money on? 
I've always wondered that too. Like, do you do you live as a nanny, like a living nanny, or do you if you live there? I mean, what life do you have outside of that dog? I mean, you look at it as a year investment, right? You don't have a whole lot of money. You're saving it. I get that. But, I mean, you wouldn't have housing. You wouldn't have – you really don't need a cool wardrobe. You're hanging out with a dog all day. I don't know. Would you have friends? Do you like – You probably have friends with other rich people's dog nannies. When do you – when does the parents – owners like have their time is that your time off is that your breaks when they want to no you got to go stand in the corner quietly and make sure the dog is comfortable at all times even around the owner mailman clayton says dogs don't live forever agreed so you know good lifespan five to ten years maybe for the average dog i would assume so you say 10 to 15 well it depends on the size of the yeah. dog but i mean five five ten five to fifteen do you give them another dog after the other one dies and to keep your tender go- tenure going? Or do you get fired? Imagine getting fired from that. You had one job, keep that dog alive. And you let it eat chocolate. And you let, yes, it ate a poinsettia. When saw Jesus. I lost the best gig on the planet. Stick with us. you got more coming up next. You've got Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.